Dirty Briefs with Alex Hooper. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Dirty Briefs with me, Alex Hooper. Now, we're going to do something a little bit different on this episode because it looks like I'm a little bit different. If you're only listening to the audio version, just know I cut off all my hair, I have grown this beard, and I feel like a brand new individual. I am fresh cut like an Abercrombie and Fitch model mowing the grass. Whatever that means to you, that's what it means to me. So, got this fresh do. My hair was thinning. I didn't really like it. So I was like, okay, let me try something different. And boom, cut off all my hair for the first time in 15 years. I look so different. I still am walking in the mirror and terrifying myself. I have that little, woo, woo, look out for that moment. You know when you get a new haircut and you're really excited about it, but you forget that you did it? Every time I go to touch my hair, I'm like, oh yeah, it's not there anymore. Just this little patch going on. Whereas I used to have those Shirley Temple curls. Now I look normal. Is that good? I don't know. I've never, I used to want to look normal, but I've kind of embraced the fact that I don't look normal. So, okay. Enough of that. Who cares? You're probably not looking at me anyway. And if you are, well, congratulations to you on looking at just such a beautiful Adonis of a human being. I mean, come on now. So, this episode... I was going through my blog posts, and a lot of people have sent me messages whenever I release a blog, and they say, I can really hear you reading this. In fact, you write in such a conversational way that I always feel like you're speaking to me, and I can hear it in my head, you going through the motions. And so I thought, well, wouldn't it be fun if, like an audiobook, if I read a... uh, I was going to say episode of my blog, but these aren't episodes. They're posts. I don't know. But whatever it is, I'm going to read you one of my blogs in my voice so you don't even have to imagine it anymore. I'm doing the dirty work for you here on Dirty Briefs. So this first one, it was actually published uh, June 7th of 2022. So we're talking at this time. I was, it was summertime. I was just going through the motions of starting to get tested for cancer, but I wasn't there yet. Didn't know I had it. And something nostalgia kind of popped up in my life. Some, something nostalgic, excuse me. And I just thought I'd write about it. So here is a story entitled, please take my plasma. Here we go. I moved to Los Angeles when I was 23. Puffy yet still fresh-faced, all I had was a bag of clothes, a computer, and $15,000. It took me years to save up that money. It was more than I'd ever had, and I thought it was plenty to last until I was cast as the deadbeat son who lives in his parents' basement on a hilarious yet-to-be-written sitcom. Within two months... 
it had dwindled to under two thousand dollars. Ninety five hundred went to a car, a thousand for a security deposit, and another thousand for rent. Throw in some food and startup costs to get on casting websites, and bing, bang, bong. My five year plan was completely shot to shit. Every day became an endless search to find employment. I had spent years as a server and a tour guide, so I figured I'd go for similar positions out here. After hundreds of applications and a few interviews, I quickly learned Los Angelinos did not want me to go anywhere near their food. Since I was brand new to the city, no one wanted me to be a roving tour either. Eventually, I found a job at a call center. From 7 a.m. to 1 p.m., I would cold call businesses in a feeble attempt to trick them into buying a box of packaging tape. If it sounds seedy, it's because it was. The company was called Dynatech, and their slogan, Tomorrow's Solutions Today, was plastered all over my tiny desk. In a single day, I would dial hundreds of numbers, hoping a couple would listen to my pitch that included a free Sony digital radio. I realize that I'm using a lot of quotes, but honestly, everything about this job seemed to require them. The call center was filled with wannabe slash failed actors, and I used them all as a cautionary tale of what not to become. The most well-known was the actor who played Tank in The Matrix, one of the biggest movies ever, a huge supporting role, and yet here was this man trying to swindle overpriced adhesives to unsuspecting companies. Shady doesn't even begin to describe what was going on in this place. I quickly realized I would have to get stoned to do this job. Not a buzz, but a punch me in the eyeballs until I bleed red level of inebriation. The only issue was my budget. With what I was bringing in, I couldn't justify spending money on marijuana. When I mentioned it to Mike, a budding white rapper who sat across from me, his eyes went from closed to barely open. Ah, bro, I've been there. Have you thought about donating plasma? I'd heard of donating plasma, but plasma? What does that even mean? It sounded alien in concept. Don't I need my plasma? What would others do with it? Make TVs? Mike wrote down an address for me, and that same day, I drove out to a clinic deep in the San Fernando Valley. Lined up outside, there were about 20 people who ranged from obvious meth heads to recently unemployed blue-collar workers, all awaiting their chance to collect $35 by getting stuck with the needle. I remember how desperate I felt at that moment. Is this my life? I vowed early in my psychedelic use to never do an intravenous drug. Nothing positive comes from a street drug that requires a syringe. Yet here I was, my desire to get high overtaking all other thoughts that were begging me to get in my car and drive away. After 45 minutes of waiting, it was my turn to get the lifeblood sucked out of me. I don't have an issue with needles, but I certainly don't like them either. Deep breaths. As I attempted to relax, the phlebotanist came over to prep me. My eyes met hers, and instantaneously, I fell in love. While I can find beauty in anyone, a strange combination has always destroyed my ability to communicate with a woman. I call it doe eyes, bitch face. Huge, round, sparkling peepers with a visage that appears as if she would eat your head immediately after sex. 
praying mantis style. Mila Kunis, Anne Hathaway, Elizabeth Hurley, all of these goddesses came to mind as she tapped my arm looking for a vein. I couldn't stop staring at her. She made small talk, but I was a blithering idiot. Too infatuated with her, too embarrassed by what I was doing to even attempt conversation. As she pushed the needle in with a supple approach, it couldn't have been smoother. A tiny prick, but inside, I was exploding. A million euphemisms could be written here, but I'll save you the time. She asked if I was okay. I told her I was amazing. She giggled, and in her few seconds of spontaneous laughter, I began to imagine our life together. I'll be a famous actor, and you can lay by our pool all day. I'll give you whatever you want. Obviously, I didn't say that, but I blazed the message into her subconsciously, knowing she could pick up the vibrations of my emotions. When it was over, she pulled out the needle, put a Band-Aid on my arm, and sent me on my way. No kiss. I'll see you next time, she whispered quietly. I floated out of the clinic as I have just been given the golden ticket to the chocolate factory. $35 in my pocket and a new prospect of love. The weed I bought got me high, but I was already dancing on a cloud. This became a ritual. I kept telling myself I wasn't addicted to marijuana, yet here I was week after week, week after week, returning to the faceless clinic to have the nurse of my dreams drain me of my excess plasma. I wasn't here to support my drug habit. No, I was here because I found myself needing her. Our relationship may have been platonic, but when someone looks you in your eyes as they insert a small piece of sharp metal into you, it's difficult to not feel an intense level of intimacy. I was smitten. For the next four months, I donated plasma, too afraid to establish any real connection. What was I going to do? Ask her on a date where we couldn't spend more than $35? She would see right through my pathetic self. So I'd lay back and watch the blood circulate through the machine and back into me, dreaming of what could be. Eventually, I got a higher paying job and was able to walk away from Dynatech. I definitely had not solved tomorrow's solutions. I was tired of the shadiness and knew this was not the way to make the world a better place. The new job meant that I no longer had to get stoned day in and day out. It also meant I could afford pot when I wanted it, without having to wait in line with the dregs of society, of which I always claimed I was not, but I was. I never went back to the clinic. Thirteen years later, I still think about Nurse Pricks a lot. I hope she found someone who looks at her the same way I did. That's all any of us really want, to be noticed to be seen, to be desired, to have a beautiful stranger tie a piece of rubber around your arm and ask you to squeeze a ball for 30 minutes. And of course, to get high without breaking your bank account. The end. I hope you all enjoyed that. I think I'm going to do that um, every once in a while. Just read a blog post that maybe you missed or maybe it's just a reconnection with something I was thinking about at the time. It's a whole new me, everyone. But tune in next time for another Dirty Brief. And don't forget to soil yourself.